This is the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Lara Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, integrative therapist, and spiritual social media strategist. I'm trying to integrate the principles of spiritual philosophy as I understand them into all those areas of my work and into my life trying to understand my position as a white woman devotee of yoga in the West, and simply trying to live with awareness. This podcast is me doing all that out loud. Welcome in. You're listening to episode 75, Shift Happens. Welcome back to Awareness Offerings, to you and to me. Thank you for your patience as we took a break last week. Last week was exceptionally full in all of my different roles and responsibilities in life. There was just a lot to do, um, which is saying something given that there's always a lot to do in this season of my life, but exceptionally so last week. And then last Thursday, which is typically the day that I record this show, I had two extra meetings that wouldn't normally be a part of my regular Thursday flow So both to just give myself the mental health space to not have to think about, oh, how can I cram this in? And just to honor the reality that even if I tried, it probably, I probably just wouldn't have had the time I took off last week, but now I'm back and we're back for a full episode. So super glad to be here as always for a little housekeeping. If you'd like to support what we do here on Awareness Offerings, best ways you can do so are to rate, subscribe, and or leave a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this show. You can also share by word of mouth or via social media if you feel called to. And All of that just helps other people find this podcast. So thank you for your efforts there. But regardless of what you do or don't do in that realm, thank you just for being here. Let's be here. Let's get into our opening practice. Singing the sound of OM one time. OM is the resonant sound of consciousness. It is the source sound. It is said to be in yogic philosophy, spiritual philosophy, it's said to be the sound that contains and gives rise to all other sounds. So I've been thinking about OM as a source, as a sound that represents source. So among all the other effects of using this sound, I think maybe it can also help us connect to source. And that could mean connecting to consciousness itself, right? The source from which all things arise. That could mean connecting to the sky or mother earth or a god or a goddess or a teacher. Whatever you think of when you think of a source, something that guides and nourishes you, I think that Om can give us an opportunity for that kind of connection. And that is the ritual and practice with which we will open our time together. So you can use OM out loud, you can join in just by listening, you can vocalize whether you're specifically using OM or not. If you are going to come along, you might get your body into any kind of comfortable position. And if it's safe and comfortable for you to do so right now, you might choose to close your eyes or just take a soft gaze by looking down toward the floor with unfocused eyes, sending some kind of signal to yourself that it's time to turn inward for just a moment. And maybe from that place, if it's accessible, you take a breath in through your nose. And let's release that one first. Make a little space. Then we'll take a breath in for one round of OM. 
Thank you for joining me in that practice. And now for this week's discussion. This week I'm thinking and talking about shift. Shifting something, changing something, transforming something. And what that really means and how we do it and how we relate to it, all kinds of things. I feel as if it's true, at least for a lot of folks, that We come to the spiritual path to contemplative practices, consciousness practices like yoga, meditation, even self-inquiry like journaling, um, you know, you name it. But we come to these types of contemplative style practices because we want to change something. And I don't mean to make that into a blanket statement. I'm not suggesting that that's universally true, but it feels like true enough (laughs) that it's something that we could look at. It's true for me, absolutely, for sure. Because when I, when yoga made its way to me, because I had clear guidance and support in finding my way to the yoga practice. And if you want to learn more about that, you can listen to my podcast episode titled How I Got Here that goes into the details of my path with finding yoga. But when yoga really found me, um, something really needed to change. And that's one of the reasons that I ended up in a yoga class because I was in a big life transition, had just moved away from home for the first time, was in my second year of undergraduate studies in college, and I wasn't handling it incredibly well. I was functioning for the most part, but there was so much anxiety in my field of experience. And I've come to know with more understanding and compassion that that is in some ways part of my reality, although it's a lot less uh, pervasive and all encompassing than it was. But back then there was so, so much anxiety. And so I knew that something needed to change or maybe I didn't even know it consciously, but it can be said for sure. Certainly I can look back and, and know that I got to yoga because something had to change. Whether I knew it or not, that is the reason that I ended up on the path of yoga because something really needed to transform within me. And it has, and then there's been other stuff that's risen to the surface that also needs to transform. And I'm sure once I transform that, there'll be more layers that come up that I also need to transform. And I've learned that it's a continuous thing, right? All there is is practice, is something that I'll say about yoga and contemplative practice as a whole sometimes. One of the ways that we in the West have sort of stripped yoga of its full meaning is by treating it like it's like there's hierarchy, like there are levels, like there are inherent goals or endpoints that make us better practitioners if we arrive there. But through the grace of my teachers and the path that I've walked and the things that I've learned, I have learned that all there is is actually practice. It's a continuous cycle of things coming up, our being present to those things, and then maybe having the space to transform them as best we can. And then it keeps going and it continues. And we do that dance for as long as we're here, I think. So all that is to say, 
in my own experience, I arrived on the path of spirituality, yoga, contemplative wisdom, because something needed to change. And I feel as if that, you know, though it's not universal, that it's a pretty common experience that we arrive on the spiritual path because we want to change something. You know, a lot of folks who come to my yoga class for the first time do so because they have, you know, they have pain that they want to manage physically, or they know they need to slow down and they want to learn how to do that. Some folks come to the spiritual path after kind of dark night of the soul moments, if you will, moments of real breaking open and dissolution in their lives where the rug kind of gets pulled out from underneath them in a huge way and it's often very painful or difficult and it sheds some clearer awareness on you know what they want or need out of life and so they turn to contemplative practice to navigate that tumultuous you know time period and learn what they might want or need to learn to kind of get to where they actually want to be. So it feels common that change is a common denominator in why folks end up on the spiritual path. And I have recently generated some new thoughts and new ideas about shift and change and what they mean to me and how we do them and how, you know, the inner changes relate to what outer changes, external transformation that we might want to see in the world. And these ideas, these new thoughts, which I feel grateful to have the space to process and chew on and share with you here on this podcast, they came from a really simple place, you know, rather than coming from one of those big experiences like a dark night of the soul or a breaking open or a breaking down in my life or, you know, a profound experience of anxiety or even like spiritual ecstasy. I, I arrived at this new place I'm sitting at from teaching yoga. <laughs> and I'm noticing that happens more and more that I get some of the most helpful and supportive and steadying insights about the practice and my life and how those things relate just from sharing it with other people and noticing what comes out of my mouth when I do. And it feels really simple and sweet because as I think I said on the last episode and often say on this podcast, it's when I'm teaching yoga that I feel I am most out of myself and I just get to step my shit aside, all of my stuff, right? My anxieties, all the things I named earlier. I get to to step away from that for a moment and just be an open like radio for the for the radio waves of the sacred to just move through and out of my mouth. And it doesn't feel like it's from me or about me at all. And that is a magnificently humbling, nourishing experience. And so it's when I'm teaching and I get to listen to how the sacred comes out of my mouth that I get all these insights. And recently, it's like not even teaching the big stuff, right? Not that there's, you know, not to perpetuate that hierarchy, not that there's anything that's bigger or smaller or better or less significant in the yoga practice, but not e- I'm, I'm not even talking about like teaching the stuff we view as big, like a really big yoga pose or like the deepest meditation ever. This insight that I'm going to share with you today comes just from teaching the first couple minutes of a yoga class 
where I invite the folks who have showed up to settle in, to find a seat, to turn toward themselves, maybe through closed eyes or a soft gaze, like you'll often hear me say during our practices on this podcast, and to center in some awareness and some arrival in themselves. It's in teaching those simple centering moments that I have come to understand shifting and changing that that big lofty quote-unquote goal that a lot of us arrive here on the spiritual path with to understand that more and better and differently so as i've been teaching those sweet simple and it's not always simple for everyone sometimes arriving and settling in is the hardest thing but as a teacher it feels you know, simple and connected to teach those opening centering moments of a practice. And as I've been doing so, I have been really placing some emphasis and awareness on that really subtle shift from external to internal. And not even that comes from me, right? It's not some revolutionary thing that I came up with. One, and I'll say more about this as I continue this discussion, but it's like the fundamental point of transformation inherent to all of the contemplative practices is shifting from external to internal, or at least one of them. There are a lot of ways we try to shift or shift when we're doing these practices, but shifting from external to internal is very fundamental. And two, I I got the inspiration to start using that kind of language and talking about this more from another teacher whose practice I got to be a part of. So not coming from me, not my idea, but it has inspired some some really rich ideas and contemplations within me. So I've been teaching and I've been really placing some awareness for myself and the folks who show up to my classes on that, that shift we make. When we're just arriving for a yoga practice or really any kind of practice, whatever form our practice takes, and we start to take our awareness in. And I'll even say this because... There's so many ways we have to focus our attention on the external throughout the day, throughout our lives, in this wild, overstimulating, busy, capitalist society. So many reasons and ways we have to have our attention external. So it can feel balancing and spacious and soothing to do the opposite, at least for a little while, to take our awareness internal to signal to ourselves maybe by closing the eyes or softening the gaze or turning toward the breath or noticing the physical sensations in the body or noticing how we feel or any combination of those things or any other point of awareness that helps us do this, but it can feel really soothing to to turn inward. And so I've been placing some extra awareness on that shift, just assisting ourselves in shifting from external awareness to internal awareness, at least for a moment. And as I've done that and taught that in my classes, I've felt really inspired by it. And I've come to feel really reverent of that shift and and feel really devoted to that shift, like a real sense of honor. Like I want to honor that shift a lot. Because what I've discovered as I've taught more about it is that, kind of like I alluded to earlier, it feels like the basis and the blueprint for every other shift we might want or or need. 
any other transformation we might be looking for. That just simple present moment fundamental shift of take your awareness from external to internal. It feels like the basis for everything else. And the blueprint, like I said, it feels like if we can teach ourselves to do the simplest of things, to take our awareness to a different place, from one place to the other, if we can change our awareness, that feels like a powerful teacher of any other kind of change we might want or need in life. And as I name this out loud in real time, I feel really aware that even this isn't coming from me. Gladly, I'm so glad that I don't have to be responsible for coming up with profound ideas about transformation, but it even feels reflective of one of my spiritual teachers, Swami Jayadevi, our kind of our lead teacher and founder at Kashi Atlanta, where I study and teach yoga. Um, she has this foundational teaching about if you can change your breath, you can change your mind. If you can change your mind, you can change your life. And my new romance with the subtle shift from external attention to internal awareness feels very... I I probably couldn't have gotten here without that teaching from my teacher. They feel very reflective of one another. If we can learn to just put our awareness somewhere else, that is the building block for any other type of, of transformation that we might be looking for. And I think that's true of individual yoga practices or, or you know, in one individual practice session we might do, right? If we show up to a yoga class or a meditation or a journaling session or a dance break or whatever we do to move our awareness and, and practice in an intentional way, being present with ourselves, if we show up knowing that, I want to change something during this practice, right? If I, right, if we want to regulate our mood, right? It's like maybe I want to feel more awake or more energized or less anxious and more grounded, whatever it is, right? If we show up to any kind of practice with an intention just for that specific practice, I think that the, the subtle shift that we first have to or learn to make from taking our awareness from the the external, that often overstimulating place to the internal, which can be a little more steady and connected. That is the basis for whatever else we're trying to cultivate during that practice. So if I want to do a yoga practice to move tension, to move stuck energy, if I first practice moving my focus from the external to the internal, I then have a little more of a sense of what it would be like to move my 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 fuller more like more comprehensive state of being from tense to open. It starts with that little molecular building block of external to internal. And then I also think that the same is true of bigger, more high level broader life shifts we might be wanting to make. So if we zoom it out a little bit more, rather than just thinking about, oh, if I'm showing up to a single practice with an intention, turning inward's gonna help me with that. I also think that it's like if we have broader, bigger goals in the grand scheme of our lives or intentions, right? I don't love the word goal because it can it can um, evoke hierarchy, but if we have a broader intention or desire even, In the broader scheme of our life, I think that the same thing applies, right? If in my life, 
overall on a day-to-day basis, I'm trying to be less reactive. So this is about not just a single practice, but the actual way I'm being in the world over a longer span of time. If I'm trying to be less reactive, I think it still helps. If I can learn to shift my awareness simply from the external to the internal to change where I'm focused, I believe that then gives me the tools and the pathway that I need to walk to learn to shift my patterns on a larger basis from overstimulated, reacting, um, lashing out into contemplating, pausing, observing. I think they're made of the same stuff. And that's just one example, but I think the shift, the simple shift from external awareness to internal awareness is made of the same stuff or even makes up. It's the, it's the ingredient that then makes up a broader shift, like transforming from reactivity to responsiveness. Because one of them suggests that overstimulation and urgency that is associated with the external world. And the other one suggests a contemplation and an internal stillness and connectedness that's associated with our internal presence. And then, of course, I think we can zoom it out even further. So there's that simple shift from internal to external. I'm sorry, the other way around. That simple shift from external to internal that can happen in any moment. And then a little bigger, there's the sh- any shift we might be looking for in a single practice. And then a little broader shifts we're looking to make, transformation that we're looking for in the grand scheme of our life. And then I think we can take it even broader to transformation that we hope to see in the world. Being a part of changing the way that the world is. And I say that based on the the premise, the belief, the theory that the world needs to change. That is my... um, foundational thesis here um and i think it's it's this might be uh opinion (laughs) but i think it's pretty easy to see if you look around that the world needs to change i mean this week alone we've contended with like more anti-trans legislation that i can count um attacks on the freedom and safety of the LGBTQ plus community are only escalating. And that's just to name one thing. There's so much else. But I am operating on the assumption that the world needs to change. And I believe that that simple shift from external awareness to internal awareness can even be the ingredient for that. And I think this one takes a little more nuance. If you listen to this show, you know I love some nuance because... It could be easy to hear that, that we learn to help change the world by learning to take our awareness from external to internal and think that what I'm saying is it's all about the individual. We've got to turn toward ourselves. It's about the self. It's about my needs. And there's even a sense of like sort of hiding away from the reality of the world, blocking it out a little bit. All of those things could be associated with turning toward the self. But that's not really the kind of turning toward the self that I'm talking about here. I'll often say this when I'm teaching, right? If I'm talking about resting within ourselves, I'm not 
talking about hiding, right? Pulling the blanket over our eyes. I'm talking about taking refuge, pulling the blanket around our shoulders and just taking a break so that we can nourish. And then, you know, with the understanding that we will then go back out into the world and try to do what we can to to be forces of change in it, even if that just means changing how we relate to the world around us, right? Being less reactive or less urgent or whatever it is. So I'm not really talking about the kind of turning inward that suggests that the self is is king, if you will, that suggests that our individual selves, that we should all center and prioritize those above all else. That's not the kind of turning inward that I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting, as I alluded to earlier, is a contemplative turn turning toward ourselves, practicing transformation on the micro level, and then getting curious about it, going a little broader and a little broader and a little broader. But practicing the kind of turning inward that is based in that contemplation, in a willingness to be deeply present and gracious and compassionate toward our own internal experience, to really notice with clear eyes, what's actually happening with us rather than coding it over in, you know, stories or uh, projections of what we wish was true or shame toward ourselves, anything like that. Just being willing to be very contemplative and clear and compassionate with our present moment reality. That's the kind of turning inward that I mean. And I think that if we devote ourselves to that kind of shift, turning from the external to the internal in that way, that gives us the ingredients to then be agents of change in the world. If we are meeting the world from a space of contemplation, compassion, graciousness, muscles that we have built within ourselves because we have done that practicing turning inward, I think that that could only help the world at large, which is in many ways the opposite of those things. It's overstimulating. It's urgent. It's individualistic. It's violent in the way that it does not care for certain groups of people, people who experience poverty, people who experience houselessness, people on the margins in any way, be it racial or gender or sexuality. There's violence there. And I think that cultivating genuine, clear contemplation that's rooted in compassion and graciousness and a willingness to pause and really be real with what's going on can only be a balancing, transformative balm to all of those qualities that make our world so violent. And I keep emphasizing that idea that it's like, really be real. It's the kind of turning inward that that requires that we really, really, really be real. And I'm placing that kind of emphasis on it because I'm really aware that it's not easy and it's messy and it takes a lifetime of that work, right? All there is is practice, like we touched on a little bit earlier. Because our sort of the nature, according to a lot of spiritual philosophy, the nature of our mind, not our consciousness, but our mind is is illusory, right? It likes to protect us 
from things. And in some ways, that's a beautiful mechanism because it helps us to, to live through difficult and painful and traumatic experiences. But at the same time, that pattern can it can get us stuck because it can cover over the, the true reality of our internal experience with again, those projections of how we wish things were, right? If our, if our true internal experience is pain, maybe our illusory mind is trying to cover it over with, with um, just romanticizing or bypassing the pain and trying to pretend everything's okay. And it can also, like, it can cover over the, the reality of who we are, these deep and open and contemplative beings with, with shame around whatever we're experiencing, or distraction, right? The mind just takes us away from the inner reality. And so it is by no means easy to work in that space of deep reality, nor is it linear. It's not like we arrive at the ability to be super real with ourselves in our inner experience and then we're done, right? We come just like that that dance I was talking about, the lifetime thing. It's like we come away from it and then we come back. We come away from it and we come back. All the wise teachers I've ever known uh, in the body or in spirit (laughs) teach that way, that it's always that dance. So it's not easy, but I think it's really worth it for all the reasons I've outlined here. The ways that a genuine turn from external to internal can help transform us and the world. I think it's it's an incredibly worthwhile pursuit. So maybe let's pursue it together. So here we are arriving at the place in the Awareness Offerings podcast where we we make that fundamental shift together from external to internal, from talking to feeling, from discussing to meditating. So if you are not in a position where it's safe or available for you to pause and maybe sit or rest in stillness and contemplation for a few minutes, great time to pause the show and come back when you are. If you're ready now, I'll invite you to get your body into a comfortable seated position. That means any seat at all, as long as you can lengthen your spine. The spine is the central pathway for energy to move in the body. It's the home of the nervous system. So when it has room, there is more room for connection and flow and steadiness and all the qualities that might support us in turning inward. So you find a long spine, but know that you can position yourself any which way to find that for yourself. You could be sitting down with crossed legs, the way we kind of think is the classical posture. If you do that, I would put some height under your hips, maybe stick a blanket or a pillow or a cushion under your hips to give your lower back some space. You could choose to sit somewhere else, back against a wall, on a chair or your bed or your couch. You could choose to position your legs in a different way, like outstretched or knees bent or sitting on your heels. It's all good. Finding your space where you would feel open and steady enough to turn toward yourself. And as you do, we might together just begin to make that fundamental shift. Turning toward ourselves and settling in to some internal awareness for a few minutes. Maybe first by closing the eyes. Maybe not. Maybe a soft gaze instead. Looking down toward the floor with unfocused eyes. 
It's kind of signaling to your system that the eyes, your external vision is actually not the most important thing right now because we're trying to take the gaze inward. And here you are. You're doing it, whether it feels straightforward or messy or confusing or great, whatever it is, you're doing it. You're pausing and you're turning some focus toward yourself. You are building the muscles to create shift wherever you might want or need it. So as you turn toward yourself, it might be helpful to turn some awareness toward your breathing. That doesn't mean that you have to do anything with your breath. You don't have to change it at all. But it can be an access point to internal awareness because it's happening within your field of experience and it's happening right now. So you might just start to follow it as it happens. Whatever natural rhythm it's already in, just making note of that for yourself. And there might be other things about your internal experience to make note of, to help you continue to arrive there. Maybe the way your physical body feels. Maybe noticing where and how it touches the surface that you're sitting on and what that support feels like to you. Or noticing any sensations that are present, places that feel grouchy or spacious or anything in between. You might notice like what your energy is like today. If you feel really energized or even over energized or really low energy or kind of neutral no right or wrong, just making note of that as an access point to turn toward yourself exactly as you are. There might be room to notice and whether this happens now or it takes some time for that awareness to arise, either way is great but there might be room to notice like the emotional reality that you're sitting in right now. Maybe there's joy present or anxiety present, annoyance, peace, neutrality. The point is to notice, doesn't matter what you notice. There's no shame around any of it. None is better or worse, just turning toward. One way to turn toward what you feel might be to observe or follow where in the body those feelings might live. And it's not always straightforward to have that kind of body awareness. So no judgment if that doesn't feel accessible. But if it does, it could be that you notice, you know, what emotion might be living in your belly? What do you feel at the center of your chest? In your shoulders? Inside your mouth? in your eyes, just noticing where and what you might feel 
not because anything actually has to change right now or you have to figure it out or do something with it just to actually turn toward it to be with it simply building the muscle so to speak of taking awareness from external to internal And your mind might even be a part of your internal experience. In fact, it's likely that it is. The mind is a part of us and we don't have to shut it off or push it out. We just don't have to also let it be the center of our focus or the the biggest or most in charge thing in terms of this meditation. But you might notice that thoughts are coming, that your mind is reacting. And that can be observed just like your breath or the physical sensations you feel. You could even use your mind to help you observe. Just saying, okay, I'm noticing that I'm thinking as an affirmation in your mind. And telling yourself, turning toward yourself by way of purposefully noticing that you're thinking can be a way to protect against the thoughts taking you out of it getting swept up onto a train of thought and ending up with your awareness somewhere else than inward. When you notice your thinking, you kind of, you enliven the part of you that is bigger than your thinking mind. Because if you can notice that you're thinking, that means the thinking is not the biggest part of you. So maybe beginning to observe that as another piece of this experience. And just giving yourself some time and space to notice, to take in what what is here, what's in the landscape as you have purposefully turned from external to internal. I'll invite that you might keep your your awareness at your breath as a, a steady container for all of it as you just follow your observations and explore your internal landscape right now. So many reasons and ways that our awareness must be in the external throughout the day and in this wildlife, creating balance and transformation simply by going somewhere else for a little bit, practicing going inward, perhaps as the seed that can grow into all kinds of transformation.
all there is is practice and know that how you have found yourself through your awareness practice is exactly correct perhaps you take one more breath in the internal space and release it And then you might start a transition to the external a little bit more. Maybe that entails blinking your eyes open, knowing that there's no rush, no pressure to immediately be in the next state. You get to move fluidly and take whatever insight and benefits or effects you've generated here with you. So taking your time... Maybe you start to move your body around to come a little more into the physical and the senses. Just emerging back into the external a little bit, but maybe doing it knowing that you've done something here, something simple and profound. You've planted a seed of shift just by shifting your awareness simply from the external to the internal for a little bit. Thank you for listening to this awareness offering. The awareness offerings podcast is created, edited, and produced by me, Lara Tara Davy Joplin. My music is by my brother, Oxella, O-X-E-L-A, who can be found on Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, and beyond. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Lara two underscores Tara. Talk to you next time.